Welcome. This is season one, episode four of The Reach Podcast, brought to you by Community Collaborations, starring Aniansi Nunez and Cole Daniels. Funding provided in whole or in part by the Illinois Department of Human Services, Division of Substance Use Prevention and Recovery, and the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. All right. Welcome back, y'all. This is Anna and Cole. So let's go ahead, before we get started, into our main topic. How was your weekend, Cole? It was good. It was good. Just kind of um, chilled at home. Um, I actually feel like I've had a little breakthrough. Really? Actually, yeah, just talking. <laughs> or since we like talked about it, our our last episode was on like setting boundaries and stuff, and I mentioned financial boundaries or something that I need to work on. I feel like I actually had a pretty good weekend for that, where I didn't feel like I had to go out too much to like be entertained or like feel like I was doing something. So like I did a lot of stuff around the house um, and just really had like a chill weekend at home, which I never really do. That's awesome. Do you like to do DIYs? I feel like I don't have the patience <laughs> for it, but I would love to do DIYs. <laughs> I just don't feel like I could. <laughs> I'm So I don't have a really long attention span, but I really like to make blankets. Um, and I it's wish like I could so blankets. random. No, but it, it has to make those big blankets where you kind of like weave. I wish I could do that because so, I buy so many. I'd rather just make my own. That bad. Loki, it's kind of expensive. But, with um, the yarn, <laughs> but they make great gifts. Um, if that's something like if you like to do things with your hands, it's one way to always distract you. And you can always watch a mo- like a, like a video so, while doing that. I'm the same way. Though. I have really short attention span sometimes. So the only thing I can really focus on is like YouTube videos. So like if it's somebody that I like to watch, I'll just sit there and watch all the way through their channel but like this weekend i tried i was like you know what maybe i'll just like sit and play switch for a little bit i played for like two minutes and then yeah, i got bored so it's I definitely stopped. hard sometimes especially you need to find a, a good game to play i'm very into like non-competition games yeah so i really enjoy animal crossing a lot or like you know like that kind of universe kind of like sims yeah. or like things where you don't really have to like do too much but it's still kind of an right. enjoyment it's leisure i love minecraft I used oh. to do that too. Yes, I built some interesting things there. Nice. Open world games are always. Oh yeah. Yeah, I I, I like to watch. Um, I don't. His name is Dream, on YouTube. Okay. He does Minecraft videos. I don't play Minecraft, yes. but I watch other people play. I don't know why. Um, but I used to watch him like play Minecraft, and that was super funny. Maybe I should I, do that. Yeah, definitely get into it. His name is Dream. He's so funny. Interesting. I've been really enjoying too. Like these other YouTubers, Sam and Colby, they do like paranormal Ooh. investigation. To something I've been into, so yeah, I've been really into like murder mysteries lately. So that that's something that I'm talking about my commute to work. Sometimes I listen to murder mysteries on my commute to work. Um, I feel like that ties in nicely to like actually our conversation <laughs> that we're gonna have because I feel like that's actually like thinking about it now, like having this conversation with you. I feel like that's a way I decompress in the morning because mm-hmm. I some people you know don't want to have a longer commute, but I really don't mind because I like that separation between okay, I'm leaving my house and I'm just got done getting ready and like all that and getting to work and starting working. Like I, I've had a short commute at one point. I didn't like it as much because I like that time to like decompress. So I listen to podcasts a lot in the car on the way and just like get myself in the work mindset. I feel like for me, it depends about my commute. So when I uh, went to UIC, I commuted half and half. So I commuted all the way to the train station and that was about... 25 30 minutes away from my house and then i 
take the train, the blue line, all the way down to school, and that was another 30 minutes. So my commute was an hour. I hated the driving part. Yeah. I hate driving. Driving gives me anxiety. Um, so, but being on the train, I enjoyed it because I would read. But I would usually only mm. read things that had to do with my classes that I was supposed to read for homework. Yeah. But I still read. Right. So <laughs> I, I, I do like that, like decomposing and like thinking about like your day, being on the train and being like, okay, this is everything that I need to get done for today. And just having that like kind of time to just think. Yeah. No, I feel like that's really important for me. I need that. I, I cannot just go from, you know being at home, getting ready in the morning to jumping right into work. I just, I need that separation. What do you think is like one thing that you do for stress management that's just like, you can think of and you're like, oh, that takes very little effort for me, but it really helps my stress. Yeah, so literally right after, like right off screen, um, before we started recording, we're talking about how I like to make blankets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is 100%. The best way that I like to decompress is I like to use my hands. I'm not huge into like DIYing. I do like making like small things, yeah. but like just making blankets and like like kind of having movement instead of just laying down and like relaxing. Yeah, I just like to make things. But um, I also do go work out. But we can get get a little bit more into like exercise and stuff like that. Because that, uh, yeah, that can definitely. cause stress too, for sure. Yeah, definitely can cause stress. Um, so that leads into our episode, which is stress management. Um, our last episode, we did talk about um, setting boundaries. Yes. And that's also something that is very, very important. And I feel like can sometimes also lead to stress if you're not setting yeah. those boundaries in the right way. So setting boundaries can be stress management. Oh yeah, it, it really can, it really can. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so where did you wanna start with this conversation? Um, we can definitely start by defining what stress is. So stress is feeling is the feeling of being overwhelmed or unable to cope with mental or emotional pressure. Um, definitely I do feel that. And then what does stress feel like? So when stressed, the body floods with hormones that lead to physical symptoms, including sweating, increased heart rate, or difficulty thinking logically and clearly, uh, being more emotional than usual, feeling overwhelmed or on edge, trouble keeping track of things or remembering, trouble making decisions, solving problems, concentrating, getting your work done, using alcohol or drugs to relieve your emotional stress. So that's definitely something like we, we had to define it. So now we yeah. kind of have a basis of what stress is. Um, I don't know if we want to go ahead and talk about our experiences. Yeah. I actually have a lot of experience <laughs> with stress. Um, I was yeah. actually diagnosed with stress and anxiety. Yeah, me too. Uh, my freshman year of college. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my freshman year of college. Um, they tried to put me on this medication. I didn't like how it made me feel. No. And so I've been trying different ways, like mm, maybe for the past four or five years now, mm -hmm. I've been finding different ways to help me cope with my stress. Yeah. And obviously you have those um, things at work. And then after a while, they kind of just don't work anymore. Right. And then it's like. And that's just, the tough thing is when you find. Yeah. Find something things, and then yes. it doesn't work anymore. And then you're just like dang, I really don't want to go back on this medication that made me feel this way. Yep. Um, I think that's something that I struggle with heavily every day. Uh, and I think just asking for help too. Yeah. Like, we, like stress is real. Mental health is real. And we need to acknowledge it in any way possible. 
I sometimes I'm not okay. Yeah. I've come into the office and I'm just like, man, I don't want to <laughs> be here. I have so much going on in my life. Um, and then you just kind of break down and I'm not gonna lie to you, I've broken down a couple times this week. Yeah. You even, know, at, even at the gym. <laughs> I'm gonna start us off with a really like a really big one. So <laughs> it's gonna tie back into healthy relationships and into setting boundaries. And then it'll come into stress management. So you ready for this one? I'm ready. So it's about sometimes you have to literally cut people out of your life. Yes. To Yes. Like lower your stress because that's we touched on in the previous episode, but that's what I had to just go through with a friend and it was not fun. Um, but ever since then, I feel like I have so much less stress and that's okay to say like people can cause you stress and that's okay. You know, I'm sure I've caused people stress before. So have you ever had to like do that before with somebody? And, and Yes, um, I had a really good friend for about 10 plus years. And it was a friend group and out of nowhere just created problems and issues within the friend group. And it was kind of a thing where we're just like, yo, this is just causing too much stress for us. Mm -hmm. Why are we, why are we fighting? We're all supposed to be friends. Mm -hmm. And it kind of was a realization where you just like, this friendship isn't meant for me. But I've also gone through experiences where some of my friends get significant others and it kind of destroys our friendship. And that's also something that's really hard. Yeah. Um, I think just friendships in general. They're really hard. They're very yeah. hard, especially. And then. And it has to be both people working mm -hmm. at it because if it's one sided, just like a, a, regular, a, a regular, or not a regular relationship, but relationship. a romantic relationship. Re yeah. Relationship. <laughs> <laughs> that it needs the same amount of care. Um, and if it's not getting that, then you might have to. Exactly. Even romantic relationships, you also have to set your boundaries. You have to learn how to create your healthy relationships. And I touched uh, upon it in my healthy relationships podcast, where it's making sure that I don't make my world mm -hmm. my significant other. Oh, for sure. But it's always involving them in my world. Yeah. And, and lifting each other up and supporting each other. But I don't want to rely on this person. And I feel like sometimes even in like friendships, you start to rely on somebody and it just causes so much stress because they're dependent on you. And then at that point, it's like when they're not there, what's going to happen? Right. And it's, it's, it's a rough situation. Right. And so we talked about like, you know, what happens when you find things that relieve your stress, but then they stop. And so I think why I brought up relationships is because sometimes there may be things that it's so I'll go back. One thing I want to touch on really on this episode was identifying what stresses you, you know, and it can be so many things. <laughs> and I brought up relationships because sometimes relationships in our lives can be on the surface, you know, good for us, you know, like, mm -hmm. well, they make me happy and they make me smile. But how, how often do they do that versus the amount of times that they cause you stress in your life? So sometimes you just have to sit back and identify what's causing it because you can do all of these things to relieve your stress, but if you don't get to the root of it, then eventually those won't work anymore. I feel like it has to do with communication. Mm -hmm. um, definitely. I think a lot of things have to do with communication. and But when it comes to communication, you kind of have like that fear. Yeah. Um, especially like for me, I tend not to speak up when I um, feel some type of way. Mm -hmm. So it's like being like, oh, how am I going to upset this person? Mm -hmm. Is it my fault? Is this going to lead to this, this and that? And um, just taking the initiative and sometimes talking, even though it's hard. And um, I have acknowledged this in a few of uh, like my friendships, um, my current relationship, where I'm just like, it's very, very difficult for me 
to express myself yeah. and um, getting there is kind of really really hard it's really nerve-wracking it puts me into like um, like a state of uh, panic I do suffer from panic attacks mm-hmm. and like it's not fun no yeah <laughs> definitely not fun but you kind of just like give yourself like tunnel vision and you just kind of think of like the negatives and you're just like man maybe I don't I need to learn how to do this. Yeah. And I feel like this also ties in with like being sheltered, yeah. growing up and being sheltered. Um, and that's something that that's very, very hard for me. And I could admit that right here, right now, I'll be like, I have trouble talking about my feelings, even though I advocate. I'm like, no, talk about your feelings. Yeah. Talk about your feelings. It's easier but, to say, but not to yeah. do. Yeah, it's easier to say, but it's definitely a little bit harder. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So kind of going back to what you're talking about with identifying stressors. Has there been a time in your life when you were like, wow, that caused me stress and then kind of corrected it at the source? Okay, I don't know about corrected it, but um, it did make me realize a lot of things. So obviously, um, I don't know if you know this, it's like a, like a stat, something that I learned in college. Okay. I thought you were... That, <laughs> no, 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 oh, no. I thought it was like a secret. Like, no, 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 oh. no, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't have to do with my life. What kind of has to do with my life? Um, but a lot of immigrant uh, children, not, not immigrant children, but yeah, immigrant children and uh, children of immigrants, yeah. they actually have a lot of stress and anxiety mm-hmm. because they have the societal pressure that they need to mm-hmm. accomplish like these big goals mm-hmm. and um, kind of make everything worth it for their family who immigrated yeah. to this new country. So that's something that I deal with on a daily basis. Sure. Um, college was always something that was told that I had to do. And uh, in my head, like, I love education. I love school. We've talked about this before. Yes. <laughs> where I, I love school. I love school so much. I like learning new things. And personally, um, I don't. <laughs> yeah, Cole doesn't. Um, and I've even mentioned that I want to, well, I am going to be going back to school shortly in a, like a year or two to get my master's degree. But I've also been like, mm, maybe in the meantime, I'll take some community college courses and get an associates in hospitality management. Yeah. And that's definitely not what I did in college. Yeah. I got like my degree in sociology with, and I did a double minor in Spanish and Latin American and Latino studies. So I love school. But my, my realization, I've always been very good at school. Mm-hmm. Very, very good at school. Um, I've never been like the smartest, but I've always been the studious. Yeah. And my mom always talks about this all the time. My brothers are super, super smart, but they're lazy. And I, I can say that in comp- like <laughs> they, they know this. We've talked about this. And I tell them all the time. So it's not like I'm dissing them. They know this. They're they're very, very intelligent human beings. So intelligent. And for me, it takes me a long time to process things, mm-hmm. like to understand things. Yeah. And I've I've always noticed this my whole like for the majority of my life. And when it came to school, that was my thing. My brother started sports. I had school. I was good at it. Going into college. So let me backtrack. High school. I was AP AP mm-hmm. student. I was on National Honor Society, Spanish Honor Society. I was actually vice president of Spanish Honor Society. And I'm not over here to like, oh, I did all Ooh, these things. You're like, you look know? at what I did. <laughs> yeah, like, look at, no, I'm not here to brag. <laughs> it's just things that I accomplished. I'm very grateful, very proud of my accomplishments. I went into college my freshman year and I was on academic probation. Yeah. So coming to a place where you're just like, you're excelling yeah. to going into academic probation. Oh man, I'm that sure, I'm sure it hit you killed hard. Yeah. me. I had a very hard time adjusting to college and university life. It was definitely a new world for me. I had to commute every day. I had to commute um, an hour every day to school 
and um, it started stressing me out financially. Um, it also started stressing me out too. I needed to pick up a little bit more shifts. I worked as a waitress at the time. And that's how I was providing for myself. That's how I was making my money. I was very fortunate where my parents were able to help me pay for some of my school. But even then, like financially, you have that financial burden on you. And then with that, it's like you have all these things that are supposed to be good in your life. And then you hit that like, man, failing classes. I've never failed a class before. And it's just, I have. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, what am I doing wrong? And I realized that maybe it wasn't who I was. Yeah. It wasn't like what I like how I was studying. It mm-hmm. was what I was studying. Yeah. And that was definitely the root of it. I actually went in for nursing. I know a lot of people say this, especially when they're like a social science major. A lot of people start off as nurses <laughs> and then we realize it's not for us. So I'm going to be a little bit of that stereotype right now. <laughs> and it definitely was not for me. And so I went through like my sophomore year of college and I'm like trying to figure myself out. I'm like, I don't want to disappoint my parents. It took me. I want to say like three or four months after I switched my major to tell my dad really? because I was terrified, especially coming from that, like that stigma where, or not, yeah, like basically a stigma yeah. where it's all like, I owe something to my parents right. for all the sacrifices that they've done and going to up to my dad and telling him that I was going to be a teacher. I, I wanted to be a teacher, a Spanish teacher at the time, tell him that I was going to be a teacher from being a nurse, being in <laughs> STEM to being a teacher. I was terrified. I, I told my mom right away. She's she's more understanding. But when my dad told, like, I would go on the my, my line when I figured it out, when I knew I needed to switch my major was when I was taking AP, not AP, oh my gosh. I was taking, <laughs> uh, I think it was like general chemistry. And I was horrible at chemistry. Oh my and God, I, I hate I, chemistry. I got my exam. I looked down. And I just blinked, like, I just kind of, like, felt like I was about to pass out. What was it? it I, I don't remember. I looked at it and I was all like, you know what? That I was, can't do this. That was the class that I failed, too, chemistry. I hated that was, chemistry. Yeah. Hated chemistry. And I'm just like, okay, if I feel like I'm going to pass out, I feel like I'm suffocating every day, maybe this isn't it. So when I told my dad about um, everything, and he kind of looked at me, he's like, why'd you wait this long to tell me? He's all like, I'm going to support you in whatever you want to do. And I feel like that was a, like a relief for me. College still was kind of a little bit difficult from there on out because I did end up searching a couple times after that. But it did feel like I had that weight lifted off of my shoulders where I was like, yeah, okay, like this is acceptable. My parents aren't going to be mad at me. No, I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad that they weren't. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it, was, it was a good feeling. Uh, did you have anything that you had experience where it was kind of like that too? Like that moment? Um, yeah, like that moment where you're just like, this is too much. I feel like one thing that I identified that really helped me was kind of tying into what I want to talk about also was why do I feel like we need to or why do I feel like we can lie to ourselves sometimes? Because I feel like there was this one moment that I remember distinctly where I was thinking about something that had happened like years ago. And I kept telling myself, like, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me. It was years ago. I'm over it. I've processed it. But with the moment I step step back and realize, like, yeah, that still bothers me. And that's okay. Like, it doesn't bother me in the same way that it used to. It, like, left. Like, that. that those thoughts just, like, left. And it, it didn't, it genuinely didn't bother me anymore. Once I stopped telling myself that it didn't. When I identified that it did, 
is when it finally was like gone. So I feel like that was kind of a moment um, and I won't go into it, but <laughs> uh, when I just realized like for me anyway, why do I feel like I need to like lie to myself and tell myself that I am okay with some, something that I'm not or like whatever. Yeah, definitely. When, yeah, so that was kind of like a moment for me. You kind of just wake up and you're just like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. That's how I felt. But it's not like one day after the other. It's kind of like realizing what the problem yeah. is, what the issue is. And then you kind of just like, you're kind of just like, like I said, like I mentioned in the past, like financially, I've gone through some financial struggles with my family. So going into a field where I'm just like, oh, I'm going to make all this money and feeling like you're just going to disappoint them. Because, you know, the social sciences, they do not get a lot of credit. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people kind of bash on us. Throughout college, um, I was the only f uh, person in my friend group that was not a STEM major. So it was very, very difficult at times um, going through that. And they'll be like, oh, I, I had a friend in college who made a presentation, like a PowerPoint, on why I shouldn't switch. From really? STEM. Yeah, it was like, it was like, wow. she and like went into it like yeah, they really went into it and i'm just like i was just like like dude like this is my life like let me kind of like, live it yeah you're like so you're taking the time that you could be using to study and better yourself to yeah make a instead of telling me and i'm like what i should do yeah i was life. already like dead set i'm like i don't want to be a stem major i'm like this isn't for me and people would be like no 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 anna you're so smart you're so smart why are you giving up on yourself and i'm like am i really giving up on myself I'm like, I don't think I'm giving up on myself. I think I'm I'm doing things that I love to do. When I found like sociology, um, yeah. I thrived in it. I thrived in it in ways that I didn't even know. And I knew that the, that was where I was supposed to be. My professors cared about me. They checked up on me. I had a professor who was the reason why I switched to sociology in the first place. And it was a three like 200 person class, never talked in it. And then my last semester of um, my undergrad, I had him as a TA and he's all like, hey, I remember you from class. And I'm just like, man, like, well, no way, it was a 200 person class and you remember me? Like, why did I stand out? And then it was because I did a research project prior to that semester where it was shared in the department and it was actually shared for the next um the next couple of semesters, like other classes cool. were looking at my work and I'm just like, wow, <laughs> that's so cool. And I'm just like, okay, I am where I, I'm supposed to be. Um, but that also kind of leads into a lot of other things, especially when it comes to my life. Yeah. Um, so when I do good work, I do good work. Yeah. And that's something that makes me feel good. Um, but like I said, it's sometimes it's a struggle. It's oh, yeah. such a struggle. For sure. So I want to know, what are some like kind of like surface level stress management tools that you that you have? Like, what do you? What are some surface level things that you do to manage your stress? I cry. I'm gonna be like, <laughs> yeah, 100 that's okay. Honest. It's um, it helps. For the longest time, I thought like crying was bad, and then now I'm just like, if I'm feeling emotional, I feel like I need to cry. I'm going to cry, and I'm just gonna let it all out. Um, at my other job, sometimes my staff members get a little bit like some anxiety it gets a little overwhelming we do get very very busy for some yeah. reason like on mondays we're like super busy and i'm like it's a monday mm -hmm. and i'll have them um like text me or call me and they're like hannah like i'm freaking out i don't know what to do and i tell them i'm like okay once it starts slowing down go to the bathroom breathe i've also had somebody tell me that like 
like breathing doesn't really work mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah it's, it's you have to concentrate on your breathing and i'm like ah it's different for everybody yeah. too because sometimes breathing doesn't work for people and sometimes a good cry does and yeah. it, can, it can solve everything and that's what i tell them i'm like go into the bathroom look at yourself calm down and cry if you need to take those five minutes and cry like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna judge you for that yeah. And I tell, I tell all my staff this. I'm like, if you need to cry, I'm not going to stop you from crying and I'm not going to tell you not to cry. Yeah. If you need to step out at any point, that is fine. Um, but obviously, like, make sure you, you tell the rest of your, like, the people that you're working with yeah. what's going on and uh, make sure that they understand before they're like, oh, they just walked off and right, this, right. this, and that. Because you do need to understand, like, people have limits. Nobody's the same. Um, so I can deal with something a little bit easier, like, I work at a restaurant. So when it's more fast paced, Mm -hmm. I'm very good at not showing that I'm stressed, not showing my anxiety. But on the inside, I'm like, oh man, I want this to be over. Like this is killing me. But I have other staff that they're like, you could see it. You could see it right on their faces. And you just have to be like, look, we're going to get through this. Like it's happening right now. And the only way to like, like you just have to get through this right. it's gonna happen it's inedible inevitable but it's going to happen and we just need to let it happen and yeah. with you stressing out it doesn't help you're just gonna end up sometimes they mess up orders and you just need to be like just it's okay it's right. okay <laughs> what's so interesting to me about like crying is that it's such a it's such a very physical tiring sometimes healing experience for like an emotion so i don't even know if i'm describing it quite right but it's like a very physical reaction to an emotion which i feel like i can't identify many other emotions that like give a very physical response um you know there's some like anxiety and stuff but crying is just like it can be so healing so i don't know where we got into this society where it's like told that you can't cry or like it's it's bad to cry or it shows weakness like it it is healing, honestly. I feel like as uh, like society standards, obviously the culture that I grew up in, um, women are supposed to be emotional. Mm-hmm. Women are supposed to cry, mm-hmm. and I feel like that is some you know mm-hmm. um, is not right. I think that men deserve to cry as well, and I don't. I think they shouldn't be like judged for it either. Because sometimes we're human. At the end yeah. of the day, we're human. We need to cry. We're all emotional beings. Uh, I mean, very, come on. <laughs> Definitely, definitely. I feel like the like the past couple of like two years have been like super emotional. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> it has been. It's been an interesting past couple of years. It's been definitely good. Definitely. What are some other things that you do surface level to kind of deal with your stress? Surface level, I feel. I don't know if it's surface level, but like working out. Yeah. Um, I wake up at five in the morning every day, um, and I go work out. But lately, I know we've talked about this, that it hasn't been cutting it for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, some days, you know, you're like, okay, yes, I can do this workout. It's going to be great. It's going to be phenomenal. But there are other days where, like, I just don't want to get out of bed. No. Like, maybe sometimes it's just, like, the stress getting to me. I'm just feeling so overwhelmed. And I'm like, I just want to sleep. But I still end up getting myself to go do it, even though if it's, like, a really bad workout or, like, yeah. I'm not doing the best that I can. Um, I still woke up, I still did it, I still accomplished it, and that's still something that's, like, kind of, like, gratifying to me, mm-hmm. but it's also, like, am I really, like, what do I get from not putting my all into a workout, or, yeah. like, because I, I do a lot of strength training, so it's, like, I like to go up in weight, and lately mm-hmm. I've just been decreasing my weight, decreasing my weight, and, like, 
it's it's kind of like, why am I doing this at this point? Mm-hmm. If I'm just going to keep decreasing my weight and not push myself. Today, I actually pushed myself, though. Yeah. I was all like, you know what? Life is kind of overwhelming me. Why do I work out? And it's also going back to the fact where I'm like, why do I do this? Right. And I feel like yesterday I kind of had that break breakthrough where I'm just like, okay, I work out to relieve stress. I haven't been doing that for the past two weeks. How can I do that? And it's like maybe not focusing on work and why things mm-hmm. are overwhelming me. And it's like, okay, this is my goal. It's a small goal, but we're going to do it. We're yeah. going to accomplish it. And I, I know like I can say that because like I, I do notice that, that I fall back sometimes on certain things. But I know there are some people who don't. And it might be a little bit of a struggle. And sometimes you just need to be like, if you, if you see that in your friends or if you see that in like a sibling, just uh, try to bring them up. Yeah. But like do it in a way where it's kind of like not pushy, right. I've noticed. Um, so kind of being like, hey, like, oh, maybe like like if like you start increasing your weight and maybe the other person will start increasing their weight right. type of thing. So it's like trying not to like right, right. mean, but like kind of push them a little bit. And I think one thing that we both want to touch on is like we're not here just to tell you to go, you know, work out or go do yoga or do yeah. a space. Like because – one size is not fit all and it's a lot deeper than that you know and honestly those things can cause stress sometimes like when you put that much pressure on yourself like you were talking about to get up and go work out because that's a stress reliever yeah you're putting stress and strain on yourself to do that you know people work out okay i don't work out to lose weight i work out because i want to be like feel good about myself uh feel a little bit healthy i feel like the losing weight part just kind of comes in with it um so when it I know some people just work out to lose weight. They don't really have an end goal to mm-hmm. it. And that can also be very, very difficult. I know um, my my significant other, we, we work out together. And it's always like, okay, why are we doing this? What's your goal? And he's always like, oh, this is going to be because I want my physique to look a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And he's like, but what's your goal? And I'm kind of just like, oh, it's not like I don't really want to lose weight. I just want to feel good about myself. Yeah. And so, like, everybody goes into the gym. Everybody exercises for different reasons. Um, and I'm not saying, like, exercise for everybody. Uh, obviously, like, it took me years to go back into the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, an, I wouldn't say, like, an athlete, but I was, like, an athlete in high school, kind of. So I was constantly working out. And then once you go to college, you notice that, like, you don't have that drive. You're mm-hmm. tired all the time. You have classes. I was commuting. And I'm just like, no, I don't want to do it. But now I've been waking up at five in the morning for the past four months and I've been doing it. And like, like some days you just feel so great. And sometimes yeah. you're just like, I just don't want to do this anymore. But it's always like a mental game. Right. It's always like, okay, do it and continue doing it and see results or or not. But like I said, a lot of people go in there and they're just like, oh, I just want to lose weight. And they get asphyxiated on weight. And they don't think about anything else. And that that's when it starts to become un- unhealthy. And that's when it starts causing stress within, like, going to the gym and going and working out. I also enjoy stepping away from the gym mm-hmm. and just, like, going hiking yeah. or taking walks. Like, really, like, going on, like, mile walks. Right. That's also something that I enjoy doing. So it's, like, getting yourself active because I've noticed that if I'm at home, I just, uh, f- like, fixate myself on certain things. And it makes me really sad. So it's like, okay, I need to go out. I need to do things. I need to have movement. I need to be maybe with somebody else. Um, With me, um, I've noticed that I don't like to be alone. 
And sometimes that gets really hard for me. So, like, I don't have a lot of friends. My friends do, like, their own thing. Yeah. And sometimes, like, the only per- people I have are maybe, like, my, my significant other and my siblings. So it's like, oh, man, like, we do everything together. <laughs> but, like, I don't like to be alone. And I can yeah. say that right now. I'm like, it, it, it's very hard for me to be alone. Right. I think something that's so important, going back to what you said a, a little bit ago, what um, is I think it is really important to set small, measurable goals. Mm-hmm. Because even if, you know, you get up and, you know, your overall goal is to improve every time you go to the gym. Even if one day you just get up and you go and you walk on the treadmill for like 30 minutes, you did it at least. You did something, mm-hmm. you know. So it's not about always like topping yourself and trying to. I feel like that's just like something that came from like our parents' generation was feeling like you have to always just like get back up and just like pull yourself up and just like march forward when you can take breaks and you can. Yeah. It also goes back to like the stigma about mental health. Mm-hmm. Like they don't think about what you're feeling mentally. So once you start breaking down so many times, it's like, what's the, like, am I just going to keep doing this? Is this going to be a cycle? And it's something that people don't take into consideration is the kind of like the cycle that you're in, especially being so young. This is the time where we start to um, kind of grow from our parent. Like what I said at the, like our our last podcast is like, when do I become my, my own person? And when do I stop becoming my parent's daughter? Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that is very stressful <laughs> all in itself. And it's very, very hard. <laughs> but it's definitely not uh, okay to not be okay. I know that's such a cliche. People say that all the time. <laughs> but it genuinely is true. Like, I can sit here and tell you that, like, the past week I've not been okay. And I feel like if this was me talking to you, maybe, like, two years ago, I would have been like, no, I'm fine. Right. I'm fine. But like being here right now, being at the age that I am right now, the things that I know now, I'm just like, no, it's okay. It's okay to tell people that I'm not doing fine, that I am struggling. And that's something that we need to acknowledge. And we definitely need to be like, okay, it's okay. You know what I realized too? Sometimes just even in our day-to-day conversations um, with what you were talking about is... Even it doesn't even have to be that big where if somebody asks, you know, are you doing okay? You know, you tell them I'm fine. But it's even in the small things. If people are like, hey, how was your weekend? You don't always have to say good. You can say, well, it wasn't that great, you know. Exactly. But I think we need to normalize that. I know. I think we like I, what I recognized in myself was I throw that word around too much. Mm-hmm. You know, how are you doing? Good. How was your weekend? Good. Oh, everything was always good, even though it wasn't. So the moment I was like, you know, it wasn't that great, but it's it's over, you know. And just know. kind of being real about it is when it helps. I don't ever noticed, but sometimes when uh, people ask me, how's your day going? Or like, how are you doing? And I'm just like, it's going. Yeah. I, like, I, I say that, and I say that very often, and I feel like it, it uh, kind of catches people off guard. Mm-hmm. Because your, your immediate response is like, good, okay. Right. But like, I'll be like, it's going. And I feel like that kind of is like, okay, so what's really going on? Right. And I'm not, like, I'm not looking for a conversation. I'm not mm-hmm. looking for advice. I'm just... Being honest with being yourself. Being honest with how I'm feeling. Because at the end of the day, if I'm not being honest with myself, it kind of really puts a strain on me. And I've noticed that. And that's why I try to be a little bit more communicative about, like, my mental health. And yeah. I, I'm not shy about talking about my mental health and the things that I've gone through. Because at the end of the day, there's somebody else who's going through it. Right. And if I'm going to be closing myself off to this and being an advocate for mental health when I can't. Uh, like advocate for my own mental health then that's saying a lot 
And I, I think that's also something that we need to think about. We're advocates. We have things that we advocate for, but we really do need to see if they really align to really who we are. And people don't really think about that is, um, so they can be like, Oh, like mental health. We need to do something about it. But if I'm not doing anything about it, yeah. what, what, what's that to me? What does that, it, it makes me look bad in a certain light so like i said like going back to like being like yeah like i'm not okay and that's okay to let people know that i'm not that i'm struggling because at the end of the day i don't i don't have to justify my life Mm -hmm. i do not have to justify my life to anybody i also don't need to tell anybody why i'm feeling the way that i'm feeling unless i want to share that information with you so it's like setting boundaries and it's like my life is going to be my life and I think that also goes with a lot of things where I'm just like, this is where I started getting away from being my parents' daughters, like being yeah. becoming my own person. And it's like, okay, if I can do these small things where like it's just my own, mm-hmm. I can express myself in these ways, yep. then that's something that is big for me. Yeah. Even though it's small at this level, but it's big to me at this level. Did you just have a breakthrough? Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it on your face when you looked up in the distance. And yeah, I know. I'm just like... <laughs> you were mid conversation. You were like, wait a minute. <laughs> I did have a breakthrough. You're like... That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, like, just talking about it. Like, right now, I let myself kind of be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I've and i discussed that it's, it's very hard for me to be vulnerable. And right now, like, being vulnerable and talking about, like, like my mental health and expressing that I'm not okay is... Oh, it's fine. It's fine. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay <laughs> and I'm not, not here. Okay. I'm not here for you to tell me like, oh, maybe if you did this, maybe if you did that. No, I'm like, I just want to talk about my day. <laughs> I just want to talk about how I'm not doing okay. I just want somebody to listen. Yes, that's I why think, I love when people are like, when you're talking to somebody, they're like, do you want me to listen or do you want me to give advice? Like, yes. they'll ask you. And then you're like, Marissa talked about that in yep, the podcast. Because yep. then you're like, no, I just want you to be quiet and listen to me while I rant for 20 minutes. And that's okay. Yeah. And any relationship. Um, Marissa brought that same thing up on our Healthy Relationships podcast. And I think that's so important. And I never even like thought about taking mm-hmm. that into consideration. And I put it into practice too. And I feel like it's really, the responses that I've been getting are really positive about it. Because people like take, they're like taken aback by that. Because usually people will always like jump to give you advice. They're like, well, this yeah. is what you should do in my opinion. And when think- you just want somebody to listen sometimes and just like validate you, yeah, <laughs> even if they don't agree. Yeah, like setting boundaries like, I've had instances in my life where, like, I'm so frustrated. I'm so overwhelmed. I call somebody up, and they're over here giving me advice. Mm-hmm. And they're over here like, oh, well. Or, like, say, like, I got into a fight with, with somebody, like, an argument. And uh, I'm, like, I'm just ranting about, like, what I went through. And they're like, oh, but did you take into consideration their feelings? And I'm like, right now, in this moment, right. I'm angry. Right. I'm frustrated. Let me, Let me just talk right. about what's going on. And then I can think about the other person. See? But it's like, ties, it's hard. It, it is. That ties back into setting boundaries because you know what? It's okay to think about yourself first sometimes and then identify yes, how they're value feeling. your own opinions. Right. So, like, in that moment, like, you know what? Like, I will take their feelings into consideration when I've addressed my own first. Yeah. And then it also goes, if, if you start trying to take other people's into con- uh, others' feelings in con- into consideration, you're going to still be hot-headed. Mm-hmm. You're still going to be very angry, and it's not going to go the way that you want it to. might lead to another argument. Right. So it is good to, like... Take a step back, take some time yeah. apart. And at e- each party... 
take their time to think about their own feelings exactly. and thoughts. Exactly, because it, it does get very, very hard. And like stress is very prominent in my life, mm-hmm. I, like every day. It, it's not as bad as it used to be. I'd um, I feel like I was suffocating all the time. Yeah, and I felt like I couldn't get out of that funk ever. So now I kind of just like, okay, like what ever, am I gonna do? Do you ever get in moods when you're like, because that's what this is where I'm at right now. But um, when you're having like a very just like. Uh, I'm trying to think of like the right word to use. Um, no, when you're just like at peace with everything and you feel very like chill all the time and it's like consistent and you're like, when is that the shoe going to drop or whatever the t- phrase is? Like, I'm not going to Really? Okay. I, I feel like I'm always on edge. It's so bad to say, but like I'm trying to be better at communicating yeah, how I feel. Because I feel like but I've been I'm on like on edge. a real like study path lately but i'm like okay wait when is, like, when like, is the you're kind of like you're a, uncomfortable yes comfortable yes because i'm like exactly because yeah. i'm like <laughs> i feel so content in work and in my personal life and in relationships and just like mental health i'm like so where's the problem <laughs> like i feel like so i need to think about like a negative yeah because i'm like when is like when is this gonna oh, like come to an man. end but is that just like a condition thing like i, I we, feel like i feel like yeah like, like am i, I said, actually in a good place right now i've never really experienced that um like i said i'm always on the edge <laughs> <laughs> there's always something kind of just like going on in my life um whether it be like with work maybe just work yeah um very little do i get like um outside uh, like stressors my mm-hmm. main stressor right now is work oh. um i work way too much i feel like my my stresses are like always external mm. i don't know but does that sound like me saying like everybody stresses me out <laughs> I <don't> no <laughs> i don't think so i feel like at that point then everything like everybody would stress me out That's true. <laughs> so I, I think we all just kind of have our triggers yeah have things that stress us out um and acknowledging it is very very important and should not be stigmatized in our society and it should be okay to talk to people um which is something that's um that we should touch on is that how it is actually is becoming normalized people are talking about um their stress their mental health and that's awesome um i know a lot of schools are starting starting to take that route Mm -hmm. where they have a little bit more social workers more counselors if y'all didn't know i am going to be going back to school to get my school counseling degree and it's mainly because we lack a lot of pocs in our education system especially out in the suburbs i have um I have people who've told me they're like, I am so happy that you're going to be um, like doing this for kids because they need it. They, I had bad experiences with school counselors. None of them really knew what I was going through, or mm-hmm. they like tried to relate, but it really wasn't it. Because yeah. when you're when you're a minority, and especially being um, a daughter of immigrants, I know I talk about it a lot, but that. It, that plays a huge role mm-hmm. in my life and a lot of things that I do. And it's uh, and it's primarily like trying to find resources, trying to, trying to find resources, not just for myself, but even for my parents. Yeah. Um, I do a parent support group. I'm, I'm plugging this in right now. <laughs> I do a parent support group um, through KYC. Um, Me too. Last Tuesday of the month. Yeah. <laughs> and I do mine for strictly Latinx parents. So I do them in Spanish. Um, I've noticed that a lot of parents don't get support that they need, mm-hmm. or at least I haven't seen it. My, my I, I've watched my mom struggle. I've watched my dad struggle. I've watched aunts and uncles struggle, and they don't talk about it. They don't have resources like 
like us. Yeah. Like going to schools and finding like these these resources where but like creating something and especially I do them all in Spanish. So it's somewhere that they can feel peace. They mm-hmm. can feel like they're not an outsider. Community then, is so yeah. important. It is so, so important. So me doing that, like it, it also helps me give back to my community and uh, making me feel like I'm doing something just to relieve stress. Stress and mental health are probably one of the main focuses about my support group because like I said, it's so stigmatized in my culture mm-hmm. that like I just want to destigmatize it in that like in that generation, like my parents' generation, because they yeah. don't take it seriously. But if I'm over there, if I bring my my mom is very, very involved in everything that I do. Um, she will be going to all of my parents' support groups. <laughs> um, so like even having that, even having my mom's support, it helps other parents like, like start talking because I'm not a parent. I don't know what it's like right. to be a parent, but having my parent there and talking about their struggles, well also me talking about my struggles, and then it kind of, do you find that support? Right, right. You're, you're, you feel comfortable and you want to talk about the things that you've lived through, the experiences that you've done. Makes sense. So kind of to wrap things up a little bit, what, where do we want to pivot to? Um, I don't know. We didn't talk about wrapping this episode up very much. <laughs> <laughs> um, we can talk about uh, building a stress management plan. So that's problem solving. Um, so identifying identifying the source of stress. Mm-hmm. We touched that can on be that. Overwhelming. We definitely touched on that. Maintaining healthy habits. And that's like what I said about working out, even though like some days are very difficult for me. But for the past four months, I've been doing it. I think I've only missed like a handful of days. And that's actually really good for me. Usually I give up after a month. Yeah. But like have, like continuing it, making those healthy habits, realizing why I'm doing these things um, is something that can definitely help you with your your stress and your mental health. And even like, like I said, communication, mm-hmm. like talking to your parents, talking to your family members, even though like I have a hard time doing it. Um, I'm not going to be like, no, don't talk to your family type yeah. of thing. Um, what else? Managing emotions. I think that's really hard for me. I'm a very emotional person. Um, I release my emotions a little bit too hard, but I also <laughs> it's, it's kind of like yeah. Emotions. I bought I bottle it up, and then I'm just like, oh, well, you did this like three months ago. On the flip side, <laughs> do we need to manage our emotions? Like, why do we feel like we need to control our emotions so much? Maybe not. Just a thought. It is a thought. Maybe this is wrong. Y'all listening can just do with that what you will if you want. <laughs> And then, Maybe we don't need to manage our emotions. Like we said, <laughs> sometimes it's a good cry. And why can't we cry? And we actually, you know what's funny? A lot of the episode today was contradicting contradicting this. Mm-hmm. We talked about why I feel like we can lie to ourselves. Why can't we cry? I think and I feel like that all falls under managing emotions. Like we feel like we have to like push things down and manage them. I think this episode is realistic. I think that's yes. what it is. Um, and then mm-hmm. the last thing is, how to stay organized. I'm not an organized person. I love organization. I'm not an organized person. I will start, but I can't maintain it. I'm a very messy person. I will say that confidently. Um, I feel like every little tiny thing in my apartment is so organized to a T. I have noticed, though, that um, if I... Uh, sometimes, sometimes my life is just very hectic. And I'm over here trying to justify this. <laughs> but um, sometimes I won't like clean my room. 
Yeah, we've and all I been there. I noticed that <gasps> if it goes like a week or two without it like being clean. Does that reflect your like mental yeah. state? Yeah, it affects <gasps> my mental state very, very heavily. And this is like new. Like I didn't really realize this until like recently. And I'm just like, no, no, no. I need to take maybe like an hour out of my day. Yeah. And if it's like just cleaning. And my room is small. It's not really yeah. a big room. You know what they say though, actually? I, I read about this the other day. That if you have like dead plants in your in your space, that's a, a reflection on your mental yeah. health. I just like to kill roses. I do that. <laughs> I like to save them. What does that say about you, Anna? <laughs> oh my god. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but but I do I do I have one dead rose in my that's different though people do that like yeah like i do that just to like preserve it but i'm talking about like if you have like dead like i've had like dead greenery in my apartment oh no see i know that i'll kill it so that's why I don't keep. I don't keep it. <laughs> really? Because what I, that's the funny thing is I've noticed like yes they went dead but they, I've gotten two new plants and they've been doing good as I've been doing good so maybe there's something to that. Well, people say if you talk to your plants it actually helps them. I'm not gonna but, talk to my plants but that might work for some people but I feel like <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know I just don't have that connection with with. With, I feel like I would. I feel like 100 <laughs> I would talk to my plant. I talk to uh, myself. Yeah, I talk to myself. But I don't talk to plants. No, no shade if you do. I my dog, like, I mean, but it's my dog. I, I want a dog. I want a dog so I can talk to it too. <laughs> I sound like a humanoid. I don't think he likes it. I love that. So. <laughs> I'm gonna be a humanoid. No. We've learned to talk to your plants. Maybe that'll help you. Yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and close out this podcast yes. on stress management. Um, like always, like an all of our other sign-offs check out all of our social medias for all of our latest updates yep. check out um our instagrams and facebooks uh for instagram and facebook for the q center kyc underscore lgbtq center and for our cpyd cpyd.coalition for instagram and facebook for updates on our programs and services and events that's where you'll find the most up-to-date information Yay, thank you so much. I always have good conversations with you. Yes, it's been good. Yeah, it's been been really good. So we'll see you next time. Bye.